Hello and welcome to What The Hack, the show that is dedicated to taking all aspects of cybersecurity and breaking them down into easy to understand bytes. My name is Sean, a cybersecurity professional working in the Aberdeen, Scotland area. This week I am joined by Kirsty Steele and Declan Doyle from the Scottish Business Resilience Centre or SBRC. Kirsty joined the SBRC in July 2020 from her previous role in the Scottish Government's Cyber Resilience Unit. She continues to support Scottish organisations to build cyber resilience through a range of capacity building and engagement activities. Declan is Head of Ethical Hacking at the Scottish Business Resilience Centre. He has been working for the SBRC for three years, firstly as an ethical hacking student and now as Head of the Programme. He is also the Lead Facilitator for the Exercise in a Box project, delivering sessions to several organisations each week. And it is today that we will be discussing the Exercise in a Box project. We hope you enjoy. Fantastic, guys. Thank you again for agreeing to join in on the conversation. Now, today is a pretty interesting episode, really. We're going to be talking about something called an exercise in a box, amongst other things, of course. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to start with yourself, Kirsty, and your job title is Cyber Resilience Community Lead. Yes, that's correct. That's it. Excellent. Do you want to tell me what that means? Yeah, yeah. It's fancy. <laughs> Uh, me helping organizations use technology securely basically so I do a lot of engagement um, activities and educational things to help um, share what the latest sort of trending threats are um, and help organizations put in place against them really. Excellent so it's a, it's sort of an, an evolving discipline really I mean if you're saying the current trends and threats and things like that that's got to be shifting almost on a daily basis surely absolutely uh, especially over the last number of months as well everything seems to there's always a new scam that comes in there's a different technique used in fake emails mm. that are getting sent to people so it's just trying to spread as much information about that as possible to make people know um to look out for that specific one that's maybe the, mm -hmm. the top the top one that's been that week for example yeah <laughs> yeah but it's a tiring job for you i can well imagine uh, and also we've got Declan, you are Head of Ethical Hacking, is that right? I am, yes. So for those that are listening uh, to this show, can you explain what ethical hacking actually is? Because I'm pretty sure we all know what the two words mean separately. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one. Um, mom tells people what I do, she always says computer police. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's not quite that, um, but it's a good try. Uh, ethical hacking is kind of, um, basically if you imagine all the computer systems and all sorts that uh, are out and about these days, uh, they need to be uh, kept secure, obviously. It's important to keep everything safe and secure. Uh, and the best way to, to make sure that they're secure is just to test it. And so that's effectively what an ethical hacker does, is they hack the same way that any sort of criminal or bad guy out there would do, except we do it with permission. So we're asked to, to go and, can you try and hack into our systems? And then we do that and then say, here's how we did it. Here's what you need to go fix. So that's effectively what ethical hacking is. Excellent. Now, the, the question that, that kind of jumps straight off the page to me from that side of things is you, you effectively you get hired from a company and say, can you hack into our system and then show us how you did it so we can fix it? Do you then get asked to try it again? You can, yeah. So uh, it kind of depends on the setup a company has. You might find that a company, so for SBRC, we tend to do a kind of what we call a moment in time 
uh, ethical hack where we just hack uh, an organization at their request at a given time uh, and see what we find. Other organizations, particularly the big big ones, you know, big um, blue chip companies, banks, all that, will probably have dedicated teams who round the clock have to, to hack uh, to see what they can do. And some organizations even have their kind of hacking team and then their defending team fight against each other. So the hackers are constantly trying to break in and then the defending team are constantly trying to keep them out just as a kind of ongoing exercise. So there's a lot of different things. Maybe it's just me, but that sounds incredible fun. That's the fun job. That doesn't even sound like a job, that part, you know, attacking the defense team. And, you know, that doesn't even sound like a job. That sounds just great fun. That's something you would do at the weekend. Um, so what we'll do, I'll, I'll address something at the moment that people are probably aware of is we're recording this kind of um, remotely from a video conference software. Uh, we'll apologize if the connection goes a little bit. Uh, we'll try our best not to make that happen. Uh, and also, if there's background noise, we apologize, but it's all part of the fun, really. Um, I do have a dog, so I'm, I'm really, really hoping he remains quiet. Um, and I know, Declan, you've got some work going on potentially at the house, so... Um, they said they might show up, so we'll see. <laughs> not a problem. And I'm sure, we, I'm sure we've all got Amazon accounts and things like that, so the doorbell might go at some point. But that's besides the point. Um, really interested in, to talk to you guys so far. We've got a couple of questions that we want to run through. Um, basically, we're just going to jump straight in. Um, the title of the, the well, the, the subject of the episode today is the exercise in a box, um, followed on by a couple of other things. But um, I'll, actually, another thing, we'll apologize for talking over each other because we are remotely. Um, so we don't know how we're going to manage this, but I'm sure we'll, we're all adults here, so we'll do our best. Um, can we explain what exercise in a box actually means? Yes, so um, exercise in a box is, is a free tool that's been um, created by the National Cyber Security Centre. So for anyone that doesn't know who the National Cyber Security Centre are, they are the UK's authoritative source for all things cyber. So um, they're part of GCHQ and they this sort of tool that organisations can use to help test their organization's response to a cyber attack and cyber incidents. Um, so essentially you would be exercising the different areas within your um, networks and um, processes to see how well prepared you are should an incident happen. Um, that's basically what exercise in a box is. Right, okay, so is it sort of like a, just an overview or is it slightly in depth and how, how far into this do we need to get? So it's a, a discussion-based activity. So um, there's there's two different sides to exercise in the box. The one that we tend to focus on is the discussion side one. So there's about a, a handful of topics um, that you can choose from to work through. And what you get is a set of uh, questions that will get asked to your um, organization um, through different injects. So there's usually like three different um, main kind of pushes in the exercise that you have to kind of focus on an area uh, and discuss it. Um, so the the questions can be really simple of you know what have you got in place for this who would you contact in this situation um have you got training in place and things that you can generally have a good discussion with in your and your team to sort of understand uh, how well placed you are to kind of manage that situation in some ways okay um so i guess the i i, I guess the follow-up questions to these things is is there a limit to who can have it? I mean, who who are we aiming this this product at exactly? 
we tend to say that this tool is for absolutely everyone um, because whilst there is obviously some cyber speak in it, it's the, the, the kind of the very basics and it's stuff that we would hope that most people are at least aware of or, you know, you'll say it, say, you know, the, the term phishing and they'll be like, oh, I've heard of that. So that's kind of like what we're, what the tool is based around is the, the kind of rudimentary knowledge that everyone hopefully should know and then getting everyone in and doing it um, kind of expands the knowledge for those that have maybe not got as much and for the kind of more knowledgeable and cyber aware people it kind of solidifies their standard mm-hmm. uh, and the best part about it is because it's aimed at everyone everyone can get something out of it so sure. whether it be someone that's not really sure where their organization is at in terms of cyber security and what they're doing they can then find out or know the questions to ask whether that be going to their IT service provider or just their internal IT team to ask the right questions uh, they can then find out where they're at in terms of cybersecurity or the kind of cyber teams and the IT folks can actually realize oh here's what we're doing well and here's we're on the right track. Um, we had a, a, a team the other day who were very technically aware and very on the ball um, and so we were a wee bit concerned taking them through exercise in the box thinking they weren't going to get a lot out of it um, sure. but they actually said to us afterwards it was really good because we hadn't sat down and had a discussion as a team uh, about mm-hmm. this because there was, you know, network security and then the kind of general admin and all sorts of the different aspects of the IT team. But they sat down and, and were like, oh, we're actually all on the same page. We all actually know what the general direction we need to head in. So even they benefited from it. So it was good. And we think it's a great uh, tool for everyone. What I should say there is that the, the actual tool itself is free, so organisations can register on the website and go through it. But what we're doing at SBRC is we've been given a, a we want a we want a, a open competition tender document to deliver it and facilitate exercise in a box sessions to up to 250 organisations across Scotland. So we're basically talking organisations through the exercise. So for those that have never dealt with any cyber problems or issues or discussed it before this is a really good method to kind of get a good understanding for it and as Declan says the the kind of best results have been seen when there's been people from not just the same department but a representation from across all different areas within teams so people from IT, HR, marketing um, the you know the IT team the board possibly you know and that gives a really good within the exercise. So, would you say that uh, trying trying to grasp who that would who you would aim for really? I mean, we're talking about SMEs, we're talking larger organisations. Would would one man band company be suitable for this kind of thing? So we have had um, some people come along just by themselves from their organisation, just to kind of solo represent, or we've had um, really really small, uh, you know, kind of micro businessy. Mm-hmm. To use some jargon, uh, so they've and come. Third along. sector too, as well. We've had the third sector as well, yeah, sure. um, and the public sector. We've had, you know, every, pretty much anything you can think of. We've had, um, and there is a bit for everyone. So whilst, uh, like a kind of sole trader or or a very small business might not get the same benefits that, mm-hmm. um, say a regular team would, like a a medium business or, or whatever. They still get some things because they can 
identify even a right path to go down, maybe not necessarily bounce ideas off their teammates and, and so forth, but they can at least start to get the wheels turning on in terms of, you know, what, what do we need to do? What do we need to work on? Um, oh, that, yeah, that may, I, yeah, because they all have different needs. Won't they? Um, yeah. A one-man band to a, a team with 200 people in it, completely different. Uh, and it's sorry. not aimed at, like, it's not here's one for a medium business, here's an exercise mm-hmm. for a small business. It's one that can kind of then, it's one size fits all. So uh, you do need to take a wee bit of kind of artistic license when you're reading the, the kind of questions and discussion points, but you can think of it in a, is relevant to you. And, and so you can make it work for your organization. That, that's pretty handy to know, actually. But I suppose the, the one thing that for some reason um, still happens today, and I suspect it's probably going to happen for quite a while, because before it was IT companies, general managed IT companies. Now it's the cyber security aspect of it. it companies generally don't act unless they need to, unless something's went wrong before. Um, I know working from uh, IT companies previously is they don't phone you unless something's wrong. They, they always phone you in a panic um, or anger or something like that. But cybersecurity is even more niche than that because a lot of people still don't fully understand what that entails. So I guess the, I guess the question would be kind of around the idea of how can you encourage people to take the action now? before something goes wrong. Yep. I mean absolutely you're you're right there. Nobody seems to be taking cyber as like a thing that it should be their business, but actually it is up to them. Um and the sort of method that we sort of always try and uh, say that, you know, cyber isn't solely part of like the IT team or somebody. Mm-hmm. It's actually um, um throughout the whole organization, from somebody that's, you know, in the shop counter to yes the the head of management in a certain area cyber security risk needs to be managed the exact same way as any other sort of business risk mm-hmm. so when when people are kind of looking at their health and safety within their organization their fire serve you know their fire safety and you know they do the drills to make sure that that's working it should be the exact same for the cyber side of things. Anything that's connected to the internet needs to be sort of tested and managed because it will help them, um, you know, mitigate a lot of the, the issues that could potentially happen in the future for, for cyber attacks um, if they can recognise what the, what the parts there are. And I would say one of the biggest parts of any cyber security thing, um, like uh, attacks, is always the people. So it's actually the human element of cybersecurity that is the biggest both risk and advantage. So it's got good and bad points. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got a really good, well-trained uh, cybersecurity um, staff within your organization that are able to spot phishing attacks or, you know, look to see if somebody suspicious has come into the building when we're back in that working in an office environment. Those are your greatest assets within your organization. So it should be on everybody's agenda and not just left to the IT department to solve any mm-hmm. issues. And I think that an important <laughs> so, part. I, I, yeah. Oh, no, no, carry on. Uh, yeah, an important thing that, that Kirsty mentioned there is that because um, it's for everyone, it's about trying to, to get that message across. Uh, and, and the way, uh, particularly when it comes to, to ethical hacking and, and you know, finding uh, the vulnerabilities and, and cyber kind of weaknesses within an organization. It's just about translating it to risk because at the end of the day, that's what a, a business owner is going to look at and, and want to pay attention to is 
how much of a risk is this to our organization mm -hmm. and when we start um because particularly i think cyber people are quite bad for saying this is you know a big cyber vulnerability or this is you know something that affects cyber when really we should be saying speaking their language rather than trying to get other people to speak our language so if we yeah. start saying this is a risk this is quite a high risk with a, a fix that you know you'll need to invest some training in or some time in um but you can mitigate them start speaking the risk language all of a sudden you see the, the kind of board members and th mm -hmm. things raise raise their eyebrow and go all oh, right okay <laughs> yeah i mean if you start threatening their business they'll they will start to pay attention a little bit <laughs> <won't they? laughs> that's just that's just the nature of it really um so one one question i i i have um for it and it, it's based off of what you had just said there Kirsty, about the human element mm -hmm. is is the exercise in a box i know it's aimed at, at, at companies of all sizes but is there anything that personally people can take away for potentially their home life so for, i'll give you a bit of background really my house for example is i would consider my house to be a smart home um, there's just about everything you can think of connected to the internet i mean i use i use the, the little google home thing to turn on my lights and turn on my tv and the heating and the security system everything basically mm -hmm. uh, but obviously the more things you've got connected to the internet the, the bigger a risk that that poses so the exercise in the box does it have elements of it that people can take and adapt to their home life you know definitely there's the scenario that we actually work through and our um when we facilitate the sessions is the working from home scenario so it's ideal for those that you know where we are in this situation just now um, and although some of the exercises are aimed at you know from a business point of view you could absolutely turn that round and look at it from your own personal side of things the, the advice that you get at the end and throughout it and the discussions that you have within your team will throw up ideas that maybe you haven't thought about before from your own your own personal safety aspect of like you know what what could you kind of do to improve that situation and I'm sure at the end of each session it signposts you to like um, or uh, guidance that the National Cybersecurity Centre and SBRC are able to provide um, to help protect you from your own personal point of view as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would say so. Declan, have you got anything to add well, to that one? I think that's a really good thing about cyber is that the advice that you can give to, you know, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest businesses out there, Apple, Google, Amazon, whatever, can also be translated to, you know, yourself, you at home because it is often the same stuff it's usually just you know a bit of a larger scale but mm -hmm. you know we tell big organizations um you know you need to make sure that your staff are aware of phishing and clicking links and falling for online scams and stuff mm -hmm. that's the same just in your personal life rather than you know looking at a, an invoice or something that looks a bit dodgy and you know you're looking at an online deal for you know a new tv or something like that so sure. the skills are are very much transferable and i think that's what exercise in the box highlights is that will tell um organizations or, or the organizations will find out that they need to do this and this but then they might realize oh but if we are encouraging our staff this in their home life as well it can yeah. also you can bring that you know resilience into work as well yeah um there there has been um a conflict my my, my parents for example are, are they're not the, the most tech savvy. I mean, my, my dad certainly is, but in a different, he's more IT rather than cyber, um, which completely different. Uh, my mum, however, not so much at all, really. Um, and they kind of grasp with that concept of 
but but my work is taking care of it all. I don't need to know these things. That that, that was a direct quote from for what she said. I said, you do need to know these things, Mum, because you're going to be the problem when you go back to the <laughs> office. <laughs> you're going to be the one that clicks on that link and the entire company gets un- uh, is held ransom to something. So you do actually need to pay attention to these things, even though you do have an IT department. Um, and it will affect your home life as well with the more things um, that, that, that keep coming into your life that's smart, I guess, and, and connected to the internet. Um, I feel a bit responsible for that personally, though, because I keep buying them the smart tools. So it's my fault, if anything. So never mind. You've just uh, got to so- manage the risk, though, haven't you? Because that, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a lot of connected devices, too. And I think sometimes people can be put off without embracing technology. But I'm one that will encourage people to use it. And But mm-hmm. it's just that case of, you know, well, understanding how is that a risk and is that managed? And, you know, do I really need to have that on all the time? Maybe it, sh- it could just some- be something quite simple that they could just adjust that could help them protect them that mm-hmm. little bit more but yeah you definitely don't want to discourage anybody from using all these new tools and because they're all amazing and great but it's just making sure that you know you've got a good password on it for example or something that's easy to kind of change that will make such a big difference mm-hmm. and it's an interesting yeah. point as well because mm-hmm. when you think about um particularly the the kind of older generations and, and I, my, I actually remember my one of my lecturers at university calls them non-digital natives because they're people that have grown up without the digital world uh unlike myself uh, and and you guys whereas they've you know not grown up with that and then um you know had to kind of adapt and so they're a bit it's, it's strange because they, they view it as a different to the rest of life so something like kirsty mentioned there like getting uh some iot thing in your your home mm-hmm. um and you know you might be worried about the security of it when usually it comes down to it, it, if it's a cheap product, it won't have uh, that good security on it. Whereas if it's a bit more expensive, it probably has had that investment put into it. You wouldn't go to like a an electrician or a joiner and they're they're quoting you like twenty quid to to rewire your house. You know, you would you would know that that's going to be a dodgy job. Yeah. So it's it's about translating that kind of real world experience of if you get a tradesman in uh, and they're really really cheap, they're probably not going to be the best so why is it when you look at this ear or this um you know smart speaker that's only or that's pennies compared to the competition why are you not realizing that that could potentially have some some um kind of dodgy work going on in the background so it's about mm-hmm. taking the what they know and making it uh, applicable to the digital world oh, absolutely absolutely I've, I've tried i've tried to relay that message exactly um to to my my parents and, and some friends even um and you know we're talking about people that have grown up in the digital world as well so that but they, they just don't take an interest in and they don't see the importance we're trying to portray here um so, so let's get uh, back to the the exercise in a box for example um play the scenario I've, we've taken you've taken me through this the exercise in a box and we've come to the end of the session what happens after that what what happens next are we kind of left to our own devices um is there communication further or so what would you say at the end of every session we offer a, a follow-up session mm-hmm. um so as part of the project all paid for still uh, so completely free uh for for an organization uh, they basically can book this little hour follow-up session and what we do is we take them through uh, the exercise that they've run uh 
they get their notes together and then they can put it on to the actual National Cyber Security Centre's tool for exercise in the box. And because unfortunately we can't kind of do that live because of the way they've got it set up. Um, so we ask when we run them through a session, we ask people to take notes and then we fill it in later at these sessions. And then we demonstrate the, the rest of exercise in the box. I think there's 12 scenarios now. Um, and we only show one, so you've got a whole world of uh, cyber that you can explore. So we show you how to do that. Uh, and then uh, once you've put in the notes and stuff, you get a nice report. And uh, it's branded from the National Cyber Security Centre, so it does look quite official. Um, and then you've got a list of here's what we discussed, here's what we can work on, here's where we're not so confident on, here's what we're good at, here's what we're, you know, we're pretty confident at. Uh, and so it's a good kind of here's a, a map of where your cyber standing is, you know, you know where your your strengths are, you know where your weaknesses are, and you know what to work on. Uh, and then that kind of we use as a basis for uh, organisations now know what to ask uh, and now know who to go to. So uh, we also signpost to uh, you know the, the National Cyber Security Centre website and and ourselves at SBRC. Um, but it means that because an organisation knows what they need to work on, they can know what resources to to access uh, and and you know, the NCSC has a huge amount of resources out there from, as we were talking earlier, from, uh, you know, everything from the individual all the way up to the, the biggest organisations there are and, you know, the public sector and third sector organisations. Uh, so just about any situation you find yourself in after coming out of exercise in the box, there is a resource then that you can go and look up and try and turn those weaknesses into strengths. Yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty, um important message to kind of get across there's, there's no one that's 100 percent safe um but i i have heard the term virtually unhackable uh, and i quite like it okay. I, th I suppose the, the the term refers to the fact that hackers are generally quite lazy people and they'll go after the easiest targets mm -hmm. so we're making ourselves absolutely not the easiest target out there basically saying that if someone wants to hack you they're going to have to purposely go after you rather than pick off the lowest hanging fruit if you like. Uh, so would you say that the the NCSC um, is the probably the best place to go for advice on this kind of thing or would they go directly to you or where would where would they go? I would be saying the National Cyber Security Centre um, because they are the UK's authoritative source for it so they've got people working around the clock to create even <clears throat> excuse me the the best sort of guidance available that, uh, for mm -hmm. for everyone and the the way that they've created the guidance is really easy for people to kind of understand so they're not putting it in sort of cyber terms and strange wording that you wouldn't know they've really taken their time to make it easily digestible for just the individual uh, you know reading it and they've got some great pdfs that you know you can just print off and keep as a handy guide and um, mm -hmm. to help you within different situations but you're totally right there where when you were saying that you know if you've got some even some basic cyber steps into place then you're making it a lot more difficult for the attacker to come and get you just like you would in a sort of traditional way you know when people are protecting their home properties if you've got like a, a security camera a wall up a big angry dog at your door but then the, the house down the street's got like open windows and it's all quite dark then you know the, the burglar's going to go there 
um, because it's an easier target. And it's the same with people's cybersecurity. If you've got good passwords on your accounts, you know, if you've got two-factor authentication switched on, I know I'm saying all these fancy terms, but they're all available on the NCSE website. But they, <laughs> you know, they they really will make such a difference, even like the most simplest basic cybersecurity steps will help protect you. And it, that little bit of effort for them is time going to go else. And a lot of people, um, especially a lot of attacks that have happened over the years, a lot of organizations have not been necessarily a target, but they've been collateral damage because they haven't done something really basic like updating their systems or like there's been a, a, an, avail a, an update available and then that's where they've just been a victim within mm -hmm. but they weren't necessarily the target in that and I think that's something that you know we should all be kind of aware of that you you could be a target but you might also just be collateral damage so you have to prepare that <laughs> in that case as well <laughs> yes it's something that comes up uh, a lot people say um to or, or ask me like do you not think hackers are you know trying to go for a challenging thing and, and or you know do you not think they want to make a big statement and they absolutely do but if you think about it, hackers still need to pay the rent, still need to pay the bills. So whilst they've got this overarching goal of, you know, let's take down the NHS or overthrow the government or whatever, they're going to go for the, you know, Joe's kilt shop down the road to get the, the cash to pay their bills. So yeah. when if you think that a hacker's not going to go for me, you're the exact person that a hacker will go for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting you, you brought up the, the NHS there. I mean, I, I think we all remember what happened a few years back. With the, with the WannaCry attack. Um, not exactly an easy organization to get to get a hold of uh, and, and to, to kind of break into and hold them to ransom, but it seemed to happen very, very quickly and it had a devastating effect on it. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, really, in terms of businesses that have been been held to ransom. And that, I mean, there's absolutely thousands, if not millions of businesses that have been a victim, really. Um, so I guess it's, it's how do we combat that i mean the problem i think with cybersecurity, and this is general the the general nature of it is it's very reactive it, it can't get ahead of it uh, which which is a shame really if you think about it but every time that that you guys do your job and protect businesses a new attack that you are you have no knowledge of comes up and then you have to learn about that and, and then you've got to protect against that so it's a cat and mouse game i guess which is your your biggest issue um, which I suppose is why the ethical hacking is, is quite a powerful tool. Well, that's uh, where what Kirsty says comes into into play is there are always going to be these, you know, next level super genius hacks that come out that the whole world goes, oh my God, what's what are we going to do? Um, and there's always going to be that and there's always going to be clever people working towards trying to combat them. Mm -hmm. But there is also always going to be the hacks that can be stopped from doing the very basics, the ba very basic cyber stuff, uh, kind of cyber hygiene almost, we call it. Um, and if you do that, then you put yourself in a much better position um, because then when the big hack does come out, it's maybe not going to affect you. It'll only maybe affect the big blue chip companies because those were the initial targets. Mm -hmm. uh, no no kind of nation state uh, hacker or, you know, super organized crime is going to go for your local uh, you know, your local chippy down the road. That's that's the thing is is that when they're affected, it is as Kirsty said because of often because of the kind of either collateral from big attacks or they've just maybe been the low hanging fruit that a hacker wants to quickly make a few pounds from.
And I, I think what I'd like to emphasise here as well is we know that, you know, that this is going to happen to people and it's not going to be a case of that's it, you know, you're left on your own. We, we've recognised that this is an issue and SBRC have now launched a new incident response helpline for any organisation that gets hit by a cyber attack, whether, you know, whether it was ransomware, whether it was a phishing thing, uh, whether they just need support or advice, we've got a new cyber incident response manager that you can phone and get good advice and help you get through that incident. So we really want to make sure that, you know, organisations are supported through this because we understand that this is not going to be easy and that they've got something that they need to do. So the this free helpline is available Monday to Friday, nine to five, that people can call um, that will really help them get back on their feet and, and running again and you know we've worked with a lot of um, cyber incident companies that we can pair people with as well to help them get get back to to what they do best in their business really mm -hmm. and it's completely free we should add yes uh, it's completely free <laughs> we call, uh, it's referred to within uh, sbrc as as um kind of the, the a and e the nhs a and e you, you show up and then you'll get um you'll get stitched up and then when you need to be referred to a specialist that's when they, we'll then take you and, and show you here's the organizations around Scotland that can help with the more advanced stuff but we're here to to stop the bleeding if you if you want to keep using that metaphor <laughs> yeah well I mean it, it, it sounds pretty drastic though the stop the bleeding metaphor but it's it's a hundred accurate really uh I mean it's I, I think the fact that it's free will appeal to a lot of companies that are currently struggling um, with their 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 budget and things like that um, due to the current situation that's going on but let, let, let me let me ask you this what is the first step like how do we how do we get onto it um, how would a company sign up for this and also how long does it take for exercise in a box yeah yeah if they go onto the SBRC website if they just do a search for exercise in a box you will find the, the best links there um, and we've got um, different Eventbrite links that you can sign up for different workshops so definitely can get me if I'm wrong but they do two uh, work um, sessions a week just about it, yeah just about okay. two, two. <laughs> poor Declan he's having to go out there and do all these <laughs> sessions every week um, Yes, yeah, so there's there's lots of different organisations that can get involved. So what we do is we host up to seven organisations per session and we ask for around five people per organisation to be part of that one. So only one person from your organisation oh, needs to... That's my door. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen, yeah. So we only need one person for an organisation to sign up via the link. And then uh, what we'll do is we'll send them the video conferencing link and sign up everybody else in their organisation to be part of that session. Um, so there's, there's, they're happening throughout the different months. So we've got December, January, February, there'll be sessions throughout it. So just take a look and see um, on the Eventbrite which date kind of best suits the organisation and, and get signed up and more info will be getting sent. We do have a exercise in a box email address as well. So if anybody's got any questions or queries, we can help answer that too. Excellent. We'll put a we'll put a link to all that um, the website and the email address uh, into this the kind of show notes. Um, excellent. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much summing it up, really. Um, one thing that we do 
want to do is provide some information, uh, provide some advice really um, from the, the experts themselves. So I'll, I don't know who I'll start with. Um, Curtis, I'll start with you. Have you got a, like just one piece of advice that someone can go away today and you know take action, I guess? Yeah, this is my favourite question and everything that I always get. <laughs> and I have basically the same answer every time. Excellent. And it's really simple. Make sure that you always install the latest software and application updates on all your devices. That's it. So do your updates is my advice. Can so you anytime tell us why? You, yeah, so anytime you get that sort of annoying notification to you need to install this an hour, do it because the that is the most easiest thing that you can do. It's basically known vulnerabilities within your um software that is being updated and fixed. So the sooner you install those updates, the quicker you are protected against those things. And doing something, you spoke about the NHS earlier, if they'd have updated their systems, that wouldn't have been the case with the, the ransomware attack. So that just shows you the importance of making sure that your your systems and your, your software is up to date. And it's as simple as you know doing that quick install. Um, but it's basically combating any known vulnerabilities that there are within that software. They are getting um, fixed, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that, yeah, it's incredibly important. I mean, the, the thing that strikes me about that is it's you almost sometimes you don't even have to take action, really. I mean, it, it, sometimes if you set it right, it can do itself. That's right. Automatic updates, you can get it switched on and you don't even <laughs> you don't even need to worry about it. It'll do it during your sleep at night. And uh, yeah, you've got it all installed. So Definitely we'll make... simple, but one of the most effective things mm -hmm. that anybody can do. So go and check your devices now and uh, see if any of them need an update and do the updates. That's my update. advice. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep a note of that and we will certainly write it down into the into the captions, really. How about yourself, <laughs> Dexon? You know, we joked at the start saying that if, if you were going to ask us for one piece of advice, Kirsty and I would say the same thing. And, and it, she was right. <laughs> but I did, did prepare a backup. Um, but that should also just show you how important these updates are. As, of as both of us are kind of on the same page without even talking about it beforehand. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but what I would say to people is you usually after talking about cyber, people are quite or can be quite scared or panicked. And what I would say is no matter what you hear in terms of cyber, or where you think you are is to not panic because by listening to this podcast, by going to an exercise in the box session, by even checking the NCSC website for you know a quick five minutes, you are taking a step that a lot of other people aren't. And so you are immediately in a better position than a lot of other organizations. And so whilst you might think we've got so much to do, you're already in a better position than you were before checking out these resources. So never view cyber as something scary and something that you're never going to get a grasp on because it is very easy to just take that first step and so many people are, are now doing that so mm -hmm. well done so effectively we're just yeah every action counts um, yeah. yeah it's it's funny because the term cyber is quite an aggressive term mm -hmm. uh, people generally do fear away from it they, they, they try to keep, uh, bury their hand in the, in the sand or they, they just think that it's oh i've got no expertise in that so i won't bother there's no point uh um, if I get hacked, I get hacked. That was one that I heard. That was quite interesting. Um, what a ridiculous <laughs> attitude to have. But <laughs> well, we're very guilty in cyber for for making things all doom and gloom. And you need to do this, and you need to do that. And if you don't do this, this will happen. But mm -hmm. you know, it's it's about showing the, the the kind of positive message. And you know, just by by thinking about cyber, you're already better at it. Mm -hmm. 
I think that that's a that's a positive message to to take out of it. Really, I mean, I, I get a phone call from a friend every time that uh, they can't log into their their computer, uh, and I think is the caps lock on, you know. <laughs> But, but she immediately yeah. went to oh someone's changed my password someone's hacked my computer no no it's it's very there's very simple things you can do prior to that so it's it's not all doom and gloom as you, as you just said <laughs> so we need to pay attention I think I think we're all guilty of making it something that um, and specifically IT companies I would say is is have this now but I've I've have noticed that IT companies tend to almost mask the simplicity that it is. Because they they feel they want still to be needed, and um, it, it's really easy to fix, but you need us to do it. That kind of thing. Yeah. Where in reality, a lot of it can be done by yourself. So that's a positive message overall. Install the updates and take action. Kind of the simplest of actions. Just take it. Um, head over to the SBRC's website, the NCSC website, even our own website. You'll find some information that's pretty easy to grasp. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic, guys. That pretty much rounds out the, the episode for it. So again, I want to thank you for your time uh, and the, the expertise coming into this. Um, I believe the connection did drop once or twice and the doorbell went, but other than that, we're all I good. I feel like we should have a bingo card here. <laughs> <laughs> that might be something that we, we introduce Do in the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, a little bingo card of what, what happens. But I guess it's the... the 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 draw the pros and cons of working from home at the minute. I mean, we all we're all doing it. I guess we're just grateful to still be in work at the sure. minute. So okay. hopefully that that drowns out late, sooner rather than later. But who knows? Yeah, guys, I want to thank you for your time. Um, and if the people like the episode, please to like and subscribe. It's probably the best way to share the information out there. And you, you might get a you might who knows we might follow up with another episode later down the line. Um, to see what's changed. We'd love to. We could probably do it tomorrow and something have changed, so <laughs> we'll do it in a little while. Uh, but again, thanks for your time, guys, um, and we can sign off there. Uh, and for the people listening, we can see you in the next episode. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. That is all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show please give it a like and subscribe to hear more from experts around the globe and head over to opensourceguardian.com for more great content all targeting the world of cybersecurity. until next time remember it shouldn't be complicated so we don't make it so